Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Talk Podcast by fans for fans. I'm Ryan. There's my guy, Jalen. What's up, everybody? This podcast is where we discuss all things basketball, so expect a lot of hot takes, debates, and a true display of basketball knowledge. Let's get right into it. Our topic today is our HBCU Unsung Hoopers, and then we're also going to preview the HBCU All-Star Classic game between the between Morgan State and Howard on Saturday uh, the 19th. But of course, we could not do this one alone. Please welcome from All Facts Media, Aaron and Andrew Robinson. What's up, fellas? Thanks for having us on today. Always always a good time to be on uh, be on with you guys. So excited to hop into it and talk some hoops. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Man, welcome back to the pod, Jalen. Let's just kind of get this started. Yeah, bros. So first off, we ain't had y'all on in, in a couple months. You feel me? Last time I had to put my reporter hat and kind of kind of sit down interview style with you fellas, get you guys' backstories, all that stuff in the basketball world. A lot of stuff has happened since last time we talked. Uh, Ace, I'm gonna start with you, bro. What you been up to, my guy? Yeah, I just been uh been out here working. You know what I'm saying? I'm out here in Baltimore. So uh, obviously for all facts, we I'm um, covering college hoops. So been going to a bunch of games. Um, Maryland, Georgetown, Towson. Going to UMBC tonight, um, copping. I'm on the broadcast for those games. Um, been, been, been real busy with that, you know what I'm saying? So it's obviously, we're in February now, right in the right in the swing of college hoop season. So um, you know, it's exciting to see how this, how these, how these guys close the season. You know, obviously Towson's in um, second place right now in the CAA. So you know, it's been been fun covering them. And um, George Mason is, is doing well in the, in the A10 in, in, in the top half of their conference this year. So uh, it's been a lot of fun and. Also, obviously, you know, still doing my stuff with NBC Sports, you know, doing my writing and stuff uh, for them. It's been fun. And then I'm also playing uh, for the Baltimore Hawks. It's an ABA team out here. So um, had a few games um, for them. So been a lot of fun. You know what I'm saying? Doing, doing a little bit of everything over here. But uh, can't complain. Stay, staying busy, though. No, nah, for sure. In terms of all facts media, if y'all keep up with the weekly mid-major top 25s, y'all know we got to see Towson up there. Y'all know we going to see Towson up there. <laughs> Just, just stay tuned. Stay tuned. They, they were, they, they were number twenty-five in this week's poll. They, they, they cracked, uh, the, they, they cracked the rankings this week. So, oh yes, sir. We love to see progress. I've been looking for it all year. I've been looking for it all year. They, but it's cool. It's cool. We, they we were in earlier, and then they lost. They were in earlier, and then they lost to. Uh, that's how we lost to. They, they, they had a bad loss, so we had to, we had to get them up out of there. But nah, they, we they got like two more weeks. We here to stay. We got two more weeks. We here to stay. <laughs> Y'all know I got to poke fun with my Towson team, man. But on top of that, we got the homie Drew in the building, man. What's up with you, bro? How you been, bro? Been good, man. You know, kind of uh, similar to Aaron. You know, we're running our uh, weekly podcast, The Auto Bits. So that's been cool. Um, currently out here in Portugal in the middle of, uh, you know, in the middle of my season. Um, we're about halfway, you know, getting ready to have another FIBA break here coming up. So, you know, excited for that. Going to take a little trip. Uh, so, you know, looking forward to that as well, you know, a little, little vacation. So uh, it's been good, man. You know, just, uh, you know, in the grind, stuck in the grind. I feel you. Drew, I'm going to stick with you on this one, bro. Let's get some general basketball thoughts. College basketball season has been pretty crazy all year. Um, Definitely in the top 25 in terms of all the fluctuation that's happened. Just general thoughts on the season so far. Some of the teams you kept an eye, uh, eye on real close. Some guys you kept an eye on real close. Uh, throughout the, I mean, the majority of the season so far. 
Yeah, I mean, one thing I've been happy about is the fact that there's been um, a plethora of mid-majors ranked in the top 25 this year. Um, started off the year, you know, Sammy Bonnie was ranked in the top 25. Um, then we saw Davidson out of the A-10 get ranked up there. Uh, St. Mary's was ranked. Um, obviously, right now, Murray State is, I, rank, I believe, ranked uh, 21st. Wyoming is currently ranked right now. I believe Boise had a cup of tea uh, in the top 25 for maybe a week or so before they lost as well. So, um, you well, know, was ranked two for a little bit in the, in the beginning yep. of the season. Yep, yep, yep. Los Chicago's in there too. So, I mean, I've, I've been happy to see, man, a lot of those mid-major teams, you know, getting some love uh, in the top 25 national poll. You know, I think it just shows the strength of kind of the mid-majors this year. I think there's going to be a chance that we see a lot of these, you know, high-major teams kind of um, get upset come tournament time. But I think, you know, this year specifically, you know, with the ACC being so so weak, you know, I think right now it's maybe like a three-bid league, maybe four-bid league, maybe. You know, so I think it's going to create – um, some extra bids out there to be had for the leagues like the WCC uh, and the Mountain West. I know I saw Aaron make a face, so I know he's uh, he probably disagrees with my ACC uh, bid take. But, you know, I think that's been my, my biggest storyline <laughs> thus far. You know, just happy that the mid-majors have been getting some love, man. And uh, definitely, man, got shout-out to Murray State right now, man, because they're playing exceptional basketball right now. So, um, you know, shout-out to the mid-majors. Hey, shout about you, bro. Um... Thoughts on the college basketball season so far? More mid-major takes? Anything on the the more power five level? Any of that stuff? And early takes? Yeah, I think I think for me the biggest the biggest take that I, that I have is you know just the the parity um, this season. Like this season is probably as wide open a season that we've as we've had in a while. As far as like nobody really knows like there, there's no definitive best team in college basketball. It seems to change every week. Like last year, you know, the whole year we were on a collision course for Gonzaga and Baylor. The whole season was like, all right, these two teams are clearly the best two teams and Nobody else is really on their level. But this year, it's like one week. I mean, obviously, beginning of the year was Gonzaga. Then they lost. Then we thought it was Duke. And then they lost. And then we thought it was Auburn. And then they lost. And now Gonzaga is back number one. I mean, there's been a bunch of teams that have, that have been number one. Purdue was number one for a little bit. And then they lost. And, you know, right now, there's probably legitimately like six, seven, eight teams that you could make a strong case could win a national championship at, at least. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, I think the parity in college basketball is, is the thing that I, that I love the most, you know, this season, man. I mean, it's going to be a fun March. going to make for a really fun tournament. I'm looking forward to see how it ends up shaking out. And then uh, for Drew, man, I, I, I hope the ACC doesn't get four bids. Like, if the ACC gets four bids, I'm, I'm going to riot. Like, I said this on the field. They're going to get four. They're going to get dark. four. Like, yeah. if they get four, like, I'm, gonna, I, I'm going to be in the streets marching, like, and, and rioting because <laughs> that 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 conference is, 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 is preposterous right now, like, Obviously, you know Duke's gonna get in. Um, I think I think Miami should get in. I think Wake should get in, and that's that's where it stops for me. Like I don't think no Notre Dame is a tournament team. In. I don't think UNC is a tournament team. Like gonna get so, in. So you know they are, especially with that Michigan win uh, a little better now. You know Michigan's been playing. A little that's better. their only quad one win. Like they like that's their only quad one win. So it's like how can you put a team with one quad one win in in the tournament? Like at that point, it's just like. Especially like, all right. So that, that means if if Iona loses, they ought to be in too. They got a quality win over Alabama. So shoot, I, I, if if Carolina's in, how do you keep a team like a Iona out if they were losing the conference tournament? The ACC man, you know, you know those those selection crew people are gonna are gonna bias, are gonna show bias to the one the blue bloods and the brand of UNC, but then two the fact that it is the ACC man. I, I agree. You know, I hate it as much as you. You know, but uh, I think I think it's gonna happen. You know, as unfortunate as that would be. I think that is so funny just out of the fact that, like, the beef around it. I think we all come to the same conclusion that we don't think there should be four teams, uh, but it probably will. Me and Ryan actually talked about this earlier in the year 
about the ACC being down and like who could actually come up out of it. Obviously, you mentioned, you know, outside of Duke, Wake Forest and Miami. Miami, too. They've been vicious. Talk about a comeback season for them, um, especially in comparison to last year. I think they've, they've just, you know, jumped off the map um, so far this year. But, Ryan, I just want to get your thoughts, too, um, quickly about like the college basketball season so far. I think just taking into account the points that Aaron and Andrew have made, like the madness is real and it's not even March, especially with the amount of upsets. Um, You know, you can start at the beginning of the season with Dayton uh, taking out Kansas. That was a huge win for Dayton. And then even recently, Texas Tech losing. And, uh, you know, they were the ninth team in the country. Not a lot of people were expecting them to, you know, be a top 10 team, even with, uh, Mac McClung leaving and you know how all their transfers were going to coexist together and with a new head coach you know even like sticking in Texas like with the University of Texas the Texas Longhorns we had questions about their chemistry early in the season and now they look like one of the best teams not only in the Big 12 but in the NCAA right now because they established that continuity that they didn't have early on in the season and I mean you you talk about some of the the bigger programs like Kansas and uh you know Gonzaga and Auburn and how great they've been. But I've been telling Jalen this for a couple weeks now. Davidson is going to make some noise when they get into the uh the March Madness tournament because in any one game scenario, this is a team that you do not want to face. I think that I think Davidson could be the sneakiest team in the March Madness tournament. Yeah, I definitely agree. That's a team that we brought up a whole lot. I mean, you know, my big team is Auburn. That was a team that I thought, like, like a couple weeks in, I felt like Auburn deserved to be number one. They were, they had a cup of tea with number one, right? Then they ran into Arkansas. That was tough. Um, you know me, Ryan. I've been beating the table for the Big East all year, though, bro. That team, Providence, for me, is my squad. That's the team that I've been watching on the low key all season right now, eighth in, um, in the AP polls. So that's the team that I've been watching. But the Big East overall, you mentioned Texas Tech earlier, right? There was that crazy week where they beat Kansas and Baylor basically back-to-back. And, you know, they're still in the mix, but, I mean, I, I would argue they definitely aren't as dangerous as they were, like, viewed earlier in the season. But y'all y'all seen the title. Y'all didn't heard the, 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 the intro to this podcast. This is about HBCUs, man. And in the spirit of Black History Month, along with the NBA celebrating HBCUs, um, we want to kind of like focus very heavily on this portion of mid-major basketball um, and give it its just due because there's some real hoopers in that space. So, um, Ace, I'm going to start with you, bro. Um, we, t- we tend to do this thing called Unsung Hoopers here on the Hoop Talk podcast. One week, it might be women's basketball. One week, it might be mid-majors. The next week, it might be G League. This week, we are, we are all hbcu in. So who's somebody in this HBCU basketball space that you want to shout out, give a little love to? The person I'm going to go with is going to be uh, Steve Settle. Um, and he's somebody who he plays right here in D.C. at Howard. Um, he's somebody who went to the math of high school, but he wasn't a very, very highly sought out recruit. Uh, he didn't really have any offers come out of high school. Um, but Kenny Blakeney um, took a chance on him, man, and took him at took him at Howard, man. It's paid off in a huge way. I mean, this, this guy, you know, 6'10", 175. He's averaging 15 points, five rebounds, and two assists. Uh, he's somebody who you know, has done it. You know, all year for them, and I had an opportunity to go to the Howard game when Notre Dame came to town, um, and that game was actually, you know, national televised on, on MLK Day, man. And Steve Settle put the whole country on notice in that game, had 25 points, seven rebounds in that game. Um, and he, he really, you know, was, was you know, one of the best court players on the court. 
um, in that game. And he's somebody he, – he's still pretty frail in his stature, so he has to put on some muscle. But he's, he's somebody that, man, I think in a few years, he's, he's only a redshirt freshman there for Howard. Man, he's somebody that he continues to, to develop and continues to put on weight. He'll make a lot of money playing basketball one day. So um, he's someone who I definitely wanted to give some love to, man. And I think he has a bright future um, for Howard. And, and, you know, hopefully, you know, after being able to transfer trans portal stuff, it's hard to keep your guy, but, you know, I think Kane Blakeney will have a good opportunity to keep him home just because of the chance that he took on him. But meantime, this dude, dude is 6'10", shooting 50% from the floor, 41% from three, and 78% from the foul line. So anytime you're putting up those numbers at 6'10", you know, I, I think you're, you, you are certainly a guy who, who can play um, at any level. Yeah, Seto's been really solid so far this season. Obviously, in the front court, holding things down. We'll obviously talk about Howard in their backcourt along with the front court with Seto. Uh, Bert, uh, Bermanet, Brumanet, and um, others in that group when we do the preview for the All-Star game, um, the, the All-Star uh, game setting. Drew, how about you, man? Somebody else that you want to highlight in this HBCU space um, that's been hooping so far this year? Yeah, man, you know, it, it wouldn't be right if I went with somebody other than a player on my alma mater, the Coppin State Eagles, you know. So um, I'm going to give a shout-out to a guy named Tyree Corbett, um, who a lot of people might not be familiar with, but – He's been an absolute beast for Coppin. And honestly, you know, one of the biggest surprises, honestly, you know, for me coming into the year, you know, I think everybody knew about Nanda Tark, obviously, based on, you know, obviously what his brother did last year. He was a preseason first team, all me, that guy. Um, Jesse Zarzuela was a guy who uh, I, I figured would show a lot of the load this year. Um, but Tyree Corbett has been, you know, Coppin's, honestly, he, they're, they're their best player this season. He comes in this year, he's fifth in the MEAC in scoring, leads the conference in rebounding. He's averaging 13.6 points per game. 9.2 rebounds per game, um, and he's a six-time MEAC Defensive Player of the Week. He's probably going to run away with the Defensive Player of the Year award, and this is a guy who's had two 2020 games this year. Actually, against Howard, he went for 25 points and 22 rebounds, and earlier in the year against South Carolina State, went for 23 points and 22 rebounds. So, I mean, he's, he's breaking records at Coppin State. Um, I think the first player in a number of years to go for 20 and 20, so um, he's the guy that, you know, if you haven't heard of him, man, I definitely recommend, you know, checking him out, man. He's putting up some crazy numbers for Coppin State this year, and uh, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, man, it's hilarious that you brought up Tyree because, of course, that was somebody I had in my back pocket. Ain't no way we couldn't get at least a little local around here. But I actually want to stick with Coppin for a second since, we, since, we, um, since we're on the subject of him. And, Drew, I'll stick with you um, to first get your thoughts on their season so far. And um, just how you feel about the makeup of the team. Definitely a, a, a lot of different looks this year in comparison to last year. Um, fifth place in the MEAC right now. Thoughts on, on y'all water for this area? Yeah, I mean, when I think about Coppin in the last two years, um, you know, I think my year, first of all, we had a seven-footer uh, and Brendan Medley-Bacon, who was kind of that rim protector, anchor at their basket. You know, last year they bring in Uwa Alok, who was kind of that anchor, that five-man that was running things when they were able to win. Um, the regular season championship in, in the North Division. Um, this year, you know, despite the fact that Tyree Corbett, as I mentioned, has, has put together, um, you know, the, some, some, some great numbers, I think they're missing kind of that interior presence, um, you know, that they had the last two years from the defensive perspective and guy who's really going to alter shots at the rim and things like that. Um, also, them losing Jesse Zarzuela is a huge, huge loss, man. This is a guy who obviously not many people may, may be familiar with, but um, an incredible, incredible talent for Coppin State, man, was, you know, their, their point guard, their, their leading scorer, um, was a guy who they really relied on. And, um, you know, he obviously went down with an injury earlier on in, in, in the season. Um, not really sure the status, if, he, if he's going to be able to come back um, this year or not. But, 
you know, I think, you know, they, they, now they're really going to be heavily reliant on them to target to kind of produce um, and continue to take that next step as he has earlier on this year. And um, also a guy that I'm thinking that they're really going to have to rely on more is Mike Hood, you know, who's a guy uh, who, you know, has experience. Um, and I think he's going to have to kind of step into more of a lead, you know, uh, scorer role. Now that Zars really is out, man, they're going to have to try to manufacture some offense. Obviously, Kyle Cardese is another guy who's a sharp shooter from three who can generate offense. But, um, you know, I think that they're going to have to – I think it's kind of just next man up. You know, everybody's going to have to give, you know, a, a little more for the Eagles in order for them to kind of get into that competition competing at that top of the MEAC. Yeah, a hey, same thing from you, man. Just thoughts on, you know, alumni, uh, alma mater in terms of, like, what they've done so far this season, some guys you've kept your eye out on. Yeah, Zarzuela obviously going down due to injury. He only played 17 games. Was their leading scorer while on the floor, one of their better shooters, give or take, two. Um, thoughts on the team so far this season? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I might withdraw on this one. I mean, I think they just, you know, you, you mentioned Tyreek Corbett. He's 6'7", like 180, you know, so he, he he's no, you know, um, rim protector when you, when you compare him to you out a low. And Brandon Medley Bacon, and they have CD Conte. He's 6'8", 195. So, you know, neither of those guys are going are gonna to be the, the defensive anger that, that you've, you know, kind of become accustomed to seeing, um, you know, in past competitions. And even even at the – not even at the five. Like, last year, you got to think they had Anthony Target and Kobe Thomas, who are both, you know, 6'7", six, 6'8", six, you know, at the four and the three. So, their length at the three, four, five was outstanding. And the year before that, you had – obviously, Kobe was there again. We mentioned Brendan. And then Drew and I were both 6'5", at, at, at the two and the three. So, We've always had, you know, length at, at the wing and, you know, down low at, at the five spot. But this year, obviously, you know, they're, they're starting Corbett at the five. And then you've got, you know, their wings. Obviously, they, they've been playing Kyle Cardacey and um, then the Tark kind of at, at the wings at the, at the two and three. And neither of those guys are, are very long. And then the Tark obviously has great instincts defensively. Um, he's he's, he's going to um, – excuse me. He'll, 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 he's good for a few steals per game. But as far as, like, a length um, standpoint – uh, it's, it's the same, man, and it's reflected on their on the defensive end this year. They they currently uh, are giving up the most points per game in the MIAC so far. So you know, I think you know when you, we talk about them from a defensive standpoint, it's just something that you know they're kind of lagging this year. And then also, the last few games they haven't problem taking care of the ball. They're averaging 19 turnovers per game over their last four games. So anytime you know, you're, you're, you're turning the ball over that much, and then you're giving up that many points, um, it's, 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 it's going to be tough. So I think you know, obviously. Um, Credit to Juan Dixon for the job he's been able to do, just kind of to keep them, you know, competing in, in MEAC games. But you know, I think it's just a case where they, they, they they're gonna uh, have to hit the portal or, or do some recruiting and try to get some size back in there next year, because um, you know their, their defense is really predicated on being able to have that rim protector down low. Yeah, I mean, I think th that's a great point talking about keeping these guys in games. I mean, if you look through, and me and Ryan actually talked about this on like a previous episode talking about HBCU uh, basketball. If you look at Coppin, they've got a lot of games where they lost by less than five points. There's a lot of close matchups, a handful of them coming in a row, too. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of these games, even more recently, where there's a handful of these games that were simply a possession or two away. Uh, they played North Carolina Central twice and lost by a combined four points just to that team in the last, like, week and a half. So, Definitely one of those things where I have to agree with you in terms of them being competitive on the floor. That lack of size is definitely hurting them. Uh, they had a ton at the wing position, like you mentioned, last year, and that definitely showed out on the defensive end at least. They're still not really a high-scoring basketball team, but they definitely would, you know, keep guys – keep teams within the 60s and things like that, which was huge. Ryan, um, we got to transfer over to Jackson State. You had somebody that you wanted to highlight that we were talking about off-pod um, that you think has been huge so far this season. 
Yeah, so the guy I want to talk about is Javius McKinnis, 6'7 junior for Jackson State playing center. Uh, he's averaging 12.1 points a game, 10 rebounds, shooting 55.4% from the field. The stat that stands out is the 3.4 blocks a game, and he's fourth in the country in that category. He's actually ahead of Chet Holmgren, a potential number one overall pick in this year's NBA draft in that category. You know, this is a guy that attacks the glass at a high level, getting rebounds. Like I said earlier, he averages 10 rebounds a game. Uh, he also blocks shots at a high level as well. There's a couple games where he actually has nine block shots. Looking at one of his most recent games, nearly put up a triple-double, 16 points, nine rebounds, nine blocks. This is a guy who gets it done on both sides of the floor, and he's picked it up on offense considering that Gabe Watson has not played a game for Jackson State since January 5th. So McKinnis has really stepped up for this team, and I don't think it's a coincidence either. He was averaging close to the same numbers as he was this season. Last year for Jackson State, he was averaging 12.5 points and 13 rebounds a game with two block shots. This year, those numbers are kind of similar, 12 points a game, 10 rebounds, more block shots at a 3.4. And then if you look at the steal numbers as well, 1.1 steals last season, this year also averaging over a steal a game with 1.3. So this is a guy who's been an impactful player on both sides of the floor for Jackson State. Yeah, Javius has definitely been impactful on both sides, like you said before, especially their shot blocking. That was the insane stat when me and you were going through the guys we were trying to pick. I was like, what? I was like, okay, so he's averaging a double-double, but like what exactly stands out about him that made you want to pick him? And I'm like, okay, well, on the defensive end, he's out there playing volleyball. That's clearly that's clearly what stood out was that he's not trying to allow any shots at the rim. I think that's huge. Um, do you guys have any thoughts just on, you know, Jackson State so far this season? Drew, I'll start with you. I mean, first of all, I think that uh, you know, that that stat is incredible as far as uh, first of all having a triple double with with blocks almost uh, you know not I remember uh, I think Walker Kessler actually actually did that I think he was he's the first center since Shaquille O'Neal to have a a, a triple double in the SEC so when I first thought triple double I'm thinking oh he's out there diamond dude he must be out there I'm like man I don't remember Walker Kessler you know being a playmaker for Auburn uh, come to find out it was a triple double in blocks man so I mean anytime you out there spiking the ball like that um, you have a defensive anchor I mean shoot. Coppa could use a guy like that right now, man, on the defensive end. Uh, so, you know, I think that that's that definitely um, an, an impressive feat for sure. Uh, Ace, how about you, bro? Yeah, I, this, I mean, I, I mean, just me being a fancy guy, I mean, that dude would be, would be crazy <laughs> and fancy. 12 points, 10 rebounds, three blocks, one steal. That's OD. Like, if, if I know some people do, do do fancy college basketball, so whoever has him, He's probably having a great season right now because that dude, that dude is wilding for sure on the defensive end and obviously after a double-double. But uh, I haven't watched too, too much of, of, of the swag this year. I know Jackson State looking look at the standings right now. There are two games, two games back at FAMU who was in the MEAC, obviously, but now they're they're over they're over in the swag and in the first place in the southwest. I mean, in, in the east division of the swag, obviously the west, um, Southern is currently in first place, at, first place at 10 and 3. So you know, they're going to have an opportunity, you know, two, two games back, um, have, 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 have an opportunity to kind of, you know, catch them um i think they've got five games left to play so we'll see what ends up happening but you know obviously the the swag is always a conference that's fun to watch so you know excited to see you know how how it ends up shaking out yeah sticking over the swag real quick just the player that i want to bring up was bryson gresham for uh texas southern uh the stats won't stand out to you too crazy this was one of those things i had to kind of sit back with ryan and get a little bit of his take on 6.4 points per game 7.1 rebounds but the thing that stood out is really not 
the individual play of these guys. It's more so what they've done over the last couple of weeks. So me and Ryan were talking about it. Ever since they beat Florida back in early December, this team has been on an absolute tear. Only have lost four games since then. Two of those games came back-to-back against Alcorn um, and Jackson State. Those com- those losses were combined of only like four points overall. Um, it's one of those things where this team has just been really solid in the swag. They just lost to Southern, who obviously is the team to beat right now. Um, lost to them by 12 points. I think that that team has just been really interesting because there's no one guy that's been doing anything outlandish, but this team has been really good. You could tell that getting a top 20 win uh, really boosted their confidence and it showed early. Uh, Ryan, I want to get your thoughts on that a little bit just because, like I said, we talked about it a little bit off camera, but um, share stuff with the people. If there's a team that I could use the, the, the phrase team effort for, it's Texas Southern because it, it doesn't seem like one player stands out for this team. Because I think their entire team stands out in general. I mean, if you look at the how they started, they started 0-7 before they played Florida, who, by the way, was ranked at the time and handed them uh, one of their first losses early in the season. That's a huge statement win if you're trying to go to the if you're trying to go to the NCAA tournament. And to be able to start 0-7 and then since beating Florida, you're eleven and four, that's an incredible turnaround. Honestly, I'm just impressed with what they've been able to do so far. And the play of Bryson Gresham has really stood out considering he was on the Final Four Houston team last year. And now he's making an impact on the defensive side for Texas Southern. And he's been getting and he's been getting it done on both sides of the floor for this team. All right, so we're going to switch gears to the uh, the uh, HBCU Classic this weekend. And I'm going to – me and Ryan are going to take a step back and defer to the experts on this one. We're going, we're going to let them give us their pregame takes on how we should – view this all-star game first of all the first question i want to ask you guys in general is like what are your thoughts on the nba having their first ever hbcu classic game in general yeah i mean for me i, I mean first and foremost I, I i mean uh i would say it's awesome just to be at all-star weekend as a college player i mean i'm i'm glad i'm not in college right now because if my school was out there i'll be getting into trouble <laughs> If I was if I was at All Star Weekend, we played that Saturday on, on, at two o'clock. You telling me we got the rest of the weekend in? They don't play Sunday, Monday, Saturday night. I'm getting into some. <laughs> That's first and foremost. First and foremost. So I mean, shoot to to have to have some HBC you guys out there, um, you know, to be able to experience what that environment is going to be like is, is outstanding. So super happy um, for those for those players, man. Hopefully, uh, Kenny Blake and, and, and Kenneth Rhodes can, can keep those guys, you know. Uh, in the hotel, we'll shoot. They probably be out too themselves. So I, 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 don't, I don't know how much, <laughs> how much, how much luck uh, they'll have with that. But nah, man, I, I think I think it's outstanding to have HBCUs on on the platform. It's gonna be an ESPN two game. Like we, we've seen a few games this year on ESPNU. So to have th- that game between Howard and Morgan, you know, two of the premier HBCUs um in the country, have that game on ESPN two national TV. It's a Saturday at two o'clock. Like that's that, 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 that's that's a, a, a prime time spot. Um, for college basketball, man. So they're going to have opportunity to have a lot of eyes um, on their game. So that's awesome for the sport, man. Super happy for those guys. Um, and I wish I was down there, man. That's, that's, that's all I have to say about it. Yeah, Drew, how about you, man? Thoughts on the HBCU Classic in general? And if you had to, if you had your pick of the litter, we doing this next year, same time, what two teams would you be interested to see in the same Classic if you had, if you had the opportunity to pick them yourself? Yeah, man, I mean, first and foremost, man, I couldn't agree with Ace Moore, man. I mean, I'm just – I'm appalled that they didn't have this when I was at Coppin State and that we didn't have the luxury. <laughs> of 
but I mean, I can only imagine oh. the, the the festivities that would have been taking place with with Juan Dixon and Copper State men's basketball at the NBA All Star game. Wee, uh, let's let's just say, man, it would have been it would have been fireworks in Cleveland, man. Um, it would have oh. been front page news. It would have been nothing to do with basketball. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh man. man! But um, That's as as far as next, as far no, as I'll, next I'll year, know, man, I don't know if, if Drew. If... No, go ahead, Ace. Go ahead, Drew. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. And I was saying, um, as 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 far as next year goes, and uh, the teams I want to see, man, I would have to say, you know, Coppin State, because you know I want to see, I, I want to see my guy Juan back around All Star Weekend with his NBA counterparts. So I would say Coppin State versus. It's only two answers you can go with this. It's only two answers you can go with this. I, I would say Coppin Morgan, but then again, like what makes Coppin Morgan is the fans. So I wouldn't want to have that yeah. in another city. So I think I'm gonna have to go yeah, with Copper yeah. State, Norfolk State, who is you know, another one of our you know our our rivals. You know, uh, kind of nobody knows this, but you know, back when I was there, it was like a, we we wanted to see them in the MIAC tournament before it got canceled. Man, it was last static. We played them again last year. We were the co-champions, I believe, uh, in the North Division. So a little rivalry going on there, man. So I think I will go Copper and Norfolk for next year's game. Um, you know, if I had the choice, Ace, you got the or, same picks, bro. I'll go. Go ahead. Go ahead. Or if I had to go a deep cut here, deep cut, I'm going, I'm going Coppin State versus uh, Alabama A&M. I believe that that were Mo Williams coaching because that would be great to have two former NBA players back in All Star Weekend. You know, you got Mo Williams, Juan Dixon. I think that would be dope to see. You know, those guys uh, face off. Got the Miak and the Swack. So that would kind of be my my, my secondary matchup that I want to see. Ace, how about you, bro? You agree? You got somebody else set up for us? No, I agree. I think that would be a, a real good basketball game. I think they, they did a great job with Howard and Morgan. You know, what I'm saying two two teams, like I said, two of the premier HBCUs and two teams with um, a ton of history and a ton of talent. Like obviously Morgan State team with Seventh Woods and the load of high major transfers that, that they have, and then Howard obviously is, is extremely talented and having a great year in the MIAC. So, you know, and obviously you got the DC and Baltimore aspect of it. DC and Baltimore is like a natural rivalry in and of itself. So, you know, to have that uh, over in over, you know, in, in All-Star Weekend in Cleveland is going to be awesome. Obviously, like Drew said, you know, there, there's a bunch of great HBCU rivalries, you know, Fan Bethune, Central, and and A&T. Obviously, a is now um, in the Big South. Um, so so that, that kind of lost a little bit of little bit of juice there. But, um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, the the games that, that they do have are, are, are awesome. So kudos to them for, for, for putting this on. Yeah, so we're going to have uh, you guys break down the HBCU Classic for us. Um, I'm going to have you guys each give you guys takes on things to watch out for, things that uh, players that we should keep an eye out on, anything within this matchup that you think is important. I know it's like an all-star caliber game, right, but this is a big stage for these guys, so I'm sure that they're going to take it very seriously. Obviously, you want to win. This is not the same caliber of all-star game as, you know, uh, the NBA level where they kind of you showboat for us for the first three quarters and it really shows what's up in the fourth. This is definitely a lot more meaningful in that case. So, Drew, I want to get your take first on this game in terms of uh, things that you're looking out for. Yeah, I would say, you know, for me, I think, um, you know, first and foremost, for people watching this game, man, definitely, you know, look out for Elijah Hawkins, uh, who's the point guard for Howard, a freshman out of, out of the matter. Um, he's extremely, extremely talented, man. He's must-see TV. Um He's great with the ball in his hands. Uh, he's a guy who had a I, – I can't remember his his exact stat line. Maybe Ace can help me out here. But, you know, versus Villanova, I know he was in double figure. I think he had about maybe 14 or 16 points uh, at Villanova earlier in the year. 
Um, he's a super, super talented kid. I think on this big stage, you know, a lot of people are going to be able to get to know him and his game. Um, for Morgan State, man, I think I'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing them kind of get things going. Like Ace mentioned, I mean, this is a team who is super, super talented. I mean, obviously he mentioned Seventh Woods. They bring in Miles Douglas uh, from from St. Joe's, a super talented player. You know, Torian Ware is obviously a guy who was a part of the program last year. Trevor Moore was a guy who came in from Cincinnati, was there last year. And uh, they just haven't really been able to get it going thus far this year. They're kind of trying to do it by committee. Um, they have a lot of different guys who are contributing, man. But, you know, as a player, you know, it's kind of hard to get a rhythm, you know, if you have that many guys who are trying to acclimate into the fold. So, you know, for me, as far as Morgan, I'm just trying to see, um, you know, I, I want to kind of see their rotations um, and kind of what they're, you know, who, who can kind of emerge, you know, as as their, their go-to guy over there, see if they can kind of catch their stride. But, um, you know, for me, I think I'm going to be focused more on Howard, um, and seeing what, what they're able to do uh, in this one, like Ace mentioned, man, they're super, super talented across the board. Um, so I think, uh, you know, I think if I had to choose one team to win, I don't know if we're going to do any predictions later. Actually, I, I'll save my prediction for later. But, um, yeah, man, I think those are some things I'm, I'm going to be, I'm gonna be uh, looking for in, in this game. Yeah, man, we're going to do predictions after everybody's gotten their little takeaways about um, or preview uh, notes out in terms of this matchup. I think that um, – That'll just be kind of a fun way to wrap things up in terms of this segment of the pod. Ace, how about you, bro? Anything that you like keeping an eye out on uh, for either team that you think is going to be really important in terms of this matchup? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'll say first and foremost, like obviously the game was in Cleveland at, at All Star Weekend, but this is a MIAC conference game, so like they're going to treat it as, as a MIAC conference game. They're not going to be out there, you know, doing between the leg dunks and all type of crazy. Well, maybe a layup line, but once the game goes on, like it, it's business, and they're they're out there trying to get a, a win in the MIAC, obviously. Um, Morgan has struggled. Morgan has really struggled, you know, this, this season. And, and, and Miak playing Howard's off to a great start at six and three. Howard won that first game, um, ninety-one to eighty-two, um, over Morgan State, and that was a game that was um, that was played at, at Morgan State. So you know, Howard went to Morgan and beat him on their home court, and that was a game that uh, Steve Settle obviously went off twenty-one points, eight rebounds, seven and thirteen from the floor, and Drew's guy Elijah Hawkins had twenty points, seven of nine shooting from the floor, with four assists and three rebounds. So, um, and he also had six steals. Um, um, first versus Morgan that first time around. So, you know, Morgan's going to have to find a way to slow those two guys down. And that was a game that Kyle Foster, who's Howard's leading scorer, he didn't even play well in that game. I mean, he came off the bench that game, had three points on one of five shooting. He's a completely different player now. I'm pretty sure he's won MIAC Player of the Week like a, a few times consecutively over, over the past few weeks. So he's somebody who's really hit his stride here um, for Howard. But, you know, for Morgan State, man, this, this, this is an opportunity to kind of start getting back on the, on, on, on the right track, man. They've you know, they, like I said, they've really struggled to start there. You know, right now sitting at three and five in the MIAC, um, four games back of Norfolk State. So you want to try to be playing your best basketball as we head toward the stretch run here um, towards March. So I think, you know, anytime you're on national TV, there's going to be no short of, you know, motivation or anything like anything uh, like that. So um, interested to see how, how Morgan, you know, kind of responds uh, as they as they try to get, get, a, get a split here uh, for the season against Howard. Yeah, and it's funny that you phrased it as like they're going to have to slow those guys down because when you look at it from the Morgan State perspective, I mean, they get them up. I was looking into some of the stats. They're like 14th in the country in terms of field goal attempts, most of them most of them being twos, but they like to get shots up in a hurry. So this is one of those teams that definitely plays a lot more up-tempo. It's going to be interesting to see how they decide to go about things, especially it, it's going to be hard. I think it's just a very easy like rule of thumb to throw out there is that it's going to be hard in the initial – a uh, couple minutes of the game for both teams to really, you know, get themselves settled down. That's a really crazy environment. We know how HBCUs as a school 
are in general in terms of the kind of environment you have from a crowd perspective. But this is a, this is All Star Weekend that we're talking about. It's going to be an interesting event that's going to have a lot of people, you know, in the wo- in the woods trying to see what's up with both of these teams. You mentioned beforehand, obviously, the what it means for both these teams not to just be there, but also within conference play. So it'll be interesting because I think after they get the jitters out, this team, the, the, both of these teams can really get up and down the floor. Be interesting to see how this game goes. Ryan, um, any final thoughts in terms of this uh this matchup before we um we do the picks and then we move on to some other stuff? Yeah, I just have a couple quick thoughts. Um, I'll start with Howard. This is a team in Howard that loves to get to the line. They're first in the conference in free throws made, first in the conference in free throw attempts, first in the conference as well in free throw percentage as well. So this is a team that I expect to try to get as many calls as possible so that they can get to the line. They're definitely thriving off of the success uh, at the free throw line. But then you also look at Morgan State. Jalen, you touched on it earlier. I'll kind of talk about it a little bit more. They love to take shots. And um, you look at their field goal attempts in the conference, second in field goal attempts with 63.8 attempts a game. So this, this is a team that loves to shoot the ball. But I think for Morgan State, it's about how many of them can you make. And I think it's about efficiency and accuracy for uh, Morgan State in this game. Yeah, I think it's going to be huge overall. Ace, you have something to say? Go ahead. Now, I was going to say, I don't know if you guys are, are on Kempom, but um, Kempom does a great job with the analytics. And Morgan State is currently the ninth fastest tempo team in the country right now. They average 72.8 possessions per 40 minutes. And Howard's right now is at 29th um, at 71.1 possessions um, per, per 40 minutes. So these teams are, are definitely going to get up and down. Morgan is, is the fastest tempo team in the MEAC, and Howard is, is currently fourth. So Definitely going to be a lot of possessions. I mentioned that first game, it was 91 to 82. So it was, it was a track meet in that first game. So I think it's going to be, you know, some, some, something that, that we're going to see um, uh, once again uh, in, in Cleveland this weekend. Yeah, I was going to say, too, another thing about Morgan is that not only are they, you know, extremely fast paced and want to get up and down from an up tempo standpoint, but they crash the glass relentlessly. I mean, Malik Miller is a guy who's averaging 12 points and eight rebounds right now. He missed a couple of games due to injury. But, I mean, this is a guy who literally can get 15, 16 rebounds, and seven or eight of them will be offensive. So, I mean, Morgan State is going to get two and three shots at the basket every time down the court um, because they send all five guys to the offensive glass. So, um, that's also another factor in, in, in the reason why they're, you know, they get so many shots up at the rim. You know, the question is, are they, are they going to make them or are they just kind of throwing them at the backboard and, and going to get it, you know? So that's going to be the the biggest thing um, is, is, you know, can they kind of shoot the ball efficiently from the field? But, you know, one thing for sure, man, is, is Coach Brodus is going to have those guys playing hard. He's going to have those guys playing fast. And that's another reason why they sub so many guys in and out because they fly up and down the court. So, it, you know, you're going to have to, you know, have guys to kind of sub in there. But, um I think I think you know it'll be an interesting game. Like I said, it should be high scoring, should be entertaining. Like Ace mentioned, two up tempo teams, so definitely excited to see how it shakes out. So um, we got to finish out with picks before we move on to some quick NBA stuff. Y'all know we always got to get the NBA takes off on when we got y'all on the podcast, but I want to get you guys' picks for this game going into the weekend. Drew, I'll start with you. Who you got winning this game? Yeah, man, I'm 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 gonna go with Howard just based on the fact that I think um you know Morgan has just a lot of moving pieces right now. Uh, it seems like they're still trying to figure out their rotations. They have a lot of guys in and out of the lineup. But I think that Howard is just um you know much improved from last season, and you know we we talked at length about the plethora of guys that they have from Kyle Foster, uh, Elijah Hawkins, um and, and and the such. So 
Um, I'm going to go with Howard in this one. And uh, I think I think it'll be a high-scoring game. I think it'll be a fun one, but um, I'm going to go with Howard. Ace, how about you, man? Pick for the game and uh, over under 160 points score in the game, bro. It's about to be vicious. The, the possessions is about to be nuts. Yeah, definitely hitting the over on that. 160, that's about, <laughs> that's about, about 80 points each. So, true, they went for like 170-something the first game. I think 173 the first game around. So, definitely smashing the over on, on the 160. Um, and, I, and I'm also going to go with Howard. Um, I think they're they're just the better team right now. They're playing better basketball. Um, and I think I trust um, Kenny Blakeney a little more right now as far as the way that he's going to prepare for that game. Um, so I think I'm going I'm going to go with Howard. Uh, Ryan, how about you, man? Are we agreeing with the field. If so, who you got for Howard uh, being player of the game? If you got Morgan, uh, tell us a little bit why. I'm going to stick with Howard. I am impressed with what they've been able to do this this season so far. I think the big thing that I want to see in this game is the play of Steve Settle. And I want to see if he can continue his consistency as a scorer. I think between him and Elijah Hawkins, I could go and make a bet that I could see 40 combined points in this game. I would say 20 each for both Settle and Hawkins. I think they're going to play a huge part in this game. It's not been the first time around. They both they both had 20 apiece the first game. So, shoot. <laughs> it definitely could happen right. again. Yeah, so I dev- I mean, I'm I'm going to agree with the field. Hate to go against Morgan State in this one, but I just feel like, you know, right now Howard's playing better basketball, like you mentioned beforehand. I think the biggest thing, too, is that I just think they have two guys who on this kind of stage are going to really show out big time. Um, They have guys that I think they can also go down to go in the uh, – when it comes to coming down to the stretch of this game, sticks close. They have more than one guy I feel like that they can lean on to maybe get them to the promised land as opposed to Morgan State. I feel like because they have so many interchanging pieces, I don't know if they have somebody they can rely on down the stretch to bring the bring the game home. So I'm gonna go with Howard too. I mean, shoot, but, per, um, per, per Ken Palm, Howard has three of the top five players in the MIAC. Uh, that, right, right now, they, if, if you look at the Player of the Year stuff, they have they have Joe Bryan at one, Elijah Hawkins at two, Tyree Corbett at three, Kyle Foster at four, and Steve Settle at five. So you know, there's a legit argument that, that they have three of the best five players um, in the conference right there. So. Um, Kudos, kudos to Kenny Blakeney for recruiting those guys there and the job that that uh they they've been able to do. Well, I, well, I don't think he, he, he I don't think he recruited Kyle Foster, but uh for Steve Settle and and um and uh, Hawkins, um kudos to him for getting those guys to Howard. Yeah, I mean, really solid season for him. Like I said, either way, it's gonna be a fun game, really entertaining game, and two teams again that are gonna give us a lot of uh entertaining highlights if this game is as high paced as we expect. But like I told y'all beforehand. There's no way we can have y'all on the podcast and not talk some NBA. And I'm going to bring up beef. I'm going to bring up beef with the very first point. Because one of the last times that we talked to y'all, we had a little discussion about the Lakers. <laughs> now, on one now on one side, I won't say who. They, they know who they are. On one side, <laughs> they said the Lakers going to be all right. It's going to be fine. It's Braun. You can't bet against Braun. I'm not going to say who said it. We, they we, know who we, they are. We know who said it. Speak on it. We know, we know, we know, we know who said it. We're going to let them speak for themselves when the time comes. We know who said it. Speak on it. <laughs> on the other wow. side, but on the other side of things, there was, a, there was a little bit of nervous knees when it came to the Lakers coming into the season, coming off of the Russell Westbrook trade. And since then, it's been a little rough out here in these L.A. streets. Now, the Rams probably didn't brought it, brought it up for them a little bit. They off their case for a little while. But after All-Star Weekend is over, the push for the playoff starts. Drew, I'm snitching on you, bro. You got to defend the squad now, bro. I, I need to know what's up. What's your thoughts on the Lakers right now, bro? How we how we feeling? 
right, well, I'm going to preface my statements by saying that I'm not a Lakers fan. I'm a LeBron James fan, okay? Um, I'm a Wizards fan. You know, uh, I'm a DC sports fan. Are we getting on that later, too? Just believe. Second of all, um, you know, I think we can all agree on this podcast that the train wreck that is the L.A. Lakers for this season has zero to do with LeBron James. Mm. He's currently averaging 29 points per game. He's third in the league in scoring right now at age 37, okay? I mean, he literally had to carry this team because Anthony Davis has been out of the lineup for the majority of the year. Russell Westbrook has been Russell Westbrook this entire season. He can't throw the ball in the ocean. He turned the ball over left and right. And on top of all that, he's not defending. Like, he's he's getting he's getting blown by off the dribble. He's losing his man off the ball. Um I think it's just, I mean, I think honestly, man, I I I had optimism because I I I bet on the bets. You know, I bet on guys like Melo and Bron and you know, they had Rondo at the beginning of the year to be able to just figure something out. But the reality is, man, these guys don't defend. Um, you can't rely on AD because he's been hurt, so their defense has been severely lacking rim protection. Um, and I feel bad for my guy Bron, man, because he's he's in year 19, 37 years old, and his his, his back is hurting from carrying these dudes, man. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, 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 it's sad to see, man. I mean, he just became the all-time leading scorer in, in NBA history in regular season and postseason. You know, he's defying the odds each and every day. You know, he's the oldest player in NBA history to average 30 points per game in a calendar month. Uh, that was in January. He, he accomplished that feat, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, he's doing spectacular things this season, you know what I'm saying? So, it's just sad that his, his supporting cast has once again, you know, just failed to come through when he needs them the most, man. But, you know... It's all right, because I have faith that regardless of what happens this year, which will pro- probably be a first-round exit, at the end of the day, he's still going to go down as the greatest player of all time. All right, quick thoughts real quick on the home team. You know, I hate to keep pounding pounding the pavement when it comes to my man's Drew, all this bad news, but the Wizards, bro. As somebody as a Wizards fan, bro, I was looking at my phone, and I knew that the first thing I said was after Bradley Beal, said he was getting season-ending surgery on his hand. They just sold. They just sold the squad. They gave Trez up, Spencer up. They kept coups. I ain't mad at it. But it looks like we don't know what's going on with them moving wait, forward. Wait, wait, wait. Is, is, is there some coups but disrespect going no, on here? I they kept coups, which I, I fooled with. But listen, listen, listen. Listen to me, Ace, because I, I, I'm really confused. Uzma, I hate the Kuzma hate, bro. People be playing with Kuzma. He's not that guy, bro. Let me, but Ace, let me ask you this, bro. Is, is, is keeping Kyle Kuzma and bringing in Christos Porzingis enough really to convince Bradley Beal to pick up his player option this summer instead of going into free agency. One second, I'm gonna let you answer this. But um, I'm gonna let you answer this. I was gonna give a five second response. No, that's not enough. But you know what it is? That five year supermax for two hundred and thirty five million. <laughs> that's all the reason that you need to stay uh, in DC, baby. All right, you see the millions. Cause look, you see what Ben Simmons just did: sign that contract, force that trade. Rusty OKC signed that contract, got it by the land. He has 245 million reasons to stay in D.C. It don't matter what they do with the roster, right? Ace, the floor is yours. <laughs> you, you, you are 100% correct. I don't think I could have said it better myself, man. Listen, <laughs> nobody listen, nobody out here is saying he needs to stay to play with Porzingis and Kyle Kuzma. You know what I'm saying? But listen, at the end of the day, we've seen Harden force his way out. You know what I'm saying? We've seen we've seen a bunch of superstars forcing their way up out of situations. So, and listen, Brad Beer's still in his prime. So there are teams that will pay that tax for Bradley Bill. So, listen, man, get your bread. You know what I'm saying? Kick your feet up. 
You know what I'm saying? And, and, and count your $245 million while you're here in, in, in Chocolate City, baby. I mean, it, it doesn't get much better than that. And he's probably yeah. looking at John Wall right now. You know, John Wall signed that Supermax with the Worlds a couple years ago. With his feet up. And he got his feet up. He got his feet up. Listen, listen. We spoke about we spoke about the MVP awards, man. Listen, my two MVPs this year of, of the 2021-2022 athletic sports calendar, John Wall and Chris Mack. Chris Mack. <laughs> Chris Mack got paid. I think I think it was like what, like five million to walk away. I see this man at the Super Bowl. I seen him. I forgot who. I think he's a Cleveland Browns he fan. Bengals. He at a bar during the Bengals. The, uh, when the Bengals. The I seen him at, the, at a bar. Bengals. Like yo, he is getting paid to live life, drink beer, and go out to to football games. Those two are my MVPs for this calendar year. Chris Mack and John Wall. They are cutting checks with their feet up right now. And I love that for them. Oh my gosh, bro! I mean, I can't even be mad at y'all because when it comes I mean, at the end of the day, like y'all said, count the chicken, bro. It's a lot of bread on the table. And even if he don't pick it up, even if he doesn't pick up the player option, you know the reason why he's declining it is to go get the real bag, which is the five year extension. So either way, it's nothing you can read into too much to say. Oh, if he declines it, that means he's not coming back. And even even if he do, like y'all said, we got way too big of a sample size to say he's sticking around long term i just thought i would get y'all takes on it just because like i said man from the minute he dropped the minute the news dropped it seemed like even he didn't know he he came back from surgery dropped it on twitter he said whoa i missed all the action i'm like hey bro it, it got live not only in your city but the, but i mean the trade deadline was nuts um i know y'all gotta get up out of here so i'm gonna let y'all rock i just want y'all picks real quick for who y'all think is gonna win the three-point contest and who y'all think is going to win the All Star game between Team KD and Team LeBron? Wait, can you remind me who's in, who's in the three point? I'm the point bro, because I ain't gonna lie. They got some hitters in there. All I'm saying is pick Zach Levine. I'm just, I'm just saying. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, I'm just giving y'all a suggestion. But let me let me let me read out these. Let me let me read out these these players for y'all real quick because we got a couple heavy hitters. I ain't gonna cap. Let me let me pull these up. Are we just going to forget about the skills challenge and the dunk contest like that? No, sir, bro. We're not worried about, we're not worried about the skills challenge right now. They're, they'll be all right. They'll be all right. Let me tell you who we got in the three-point contest. We got Big Fred Van Vliet. We got Desmond Bain, Luke Kennard, Zach Levine, who y'all should pick. I'm just saying. CJ McCollum, Patty Mills, Carl Anthony Towns, and Trey Young. I'm going Patty. I'm going Patty. I like Patty Mills. That's a good pick, though, bro. That's I don't like vicious. this field at all. Um, yeah, the field is kind of mid this year. No, no Steph, no Clay. Like they don't got none of the like. I'm trying to think who else could be. Know. No, like you know who to pick, bro. You know I, I got Patty. I'm gonna go Desmond Bain. I think he he was shooting he was shooting like 45 percent from three or something. I think uh or it was like a, a, a 20 game stretch for a little bit. So uh, I think he has. I think he's the best. Like. Pure shoot out of those guys. I mean, Trey Young can shoot, but I don't know if he's gonna. I, I just I don't know. I think that was my next pick, but I just I think I'm gonna go with Desmond Bain in this one. The only thing is I'm worried about with him is that his second year in the league, he's young, he might be out there a little a little wide eyed in his first three point contest, you know. But I think he's the best shooter out of that group, honestly. You opinion. think he's a better shooter than Patty Mills? Yes. Y'all not, not, not saying the right name, but it's cool. It's all good. It's all good. Ryan, we're going to wait to give our picks because obviously we're going to do All-Star Weekend-related uh, stuff um, later on this week. But uh, And then I, I'm assuming we all got Team Braun. There's no way he's not the best GM in All-Star history. No, LeBron. 
his pick. No, because KD was, was picking. No, because KD didn't want to pick Harden, bro. So he had a no. Uh, LeBron was trying to make KD pick Harden. He was like picking around. I'm like, yo, like, bro, his team yeah, was, he was, he was nah. But I'm watching the draft. Like, KD, what are you doing, bro? Like, he was picking. You know he bro. Not playing, bro, he just picking because he know he not playing, bro. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. KD team about to get washed. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's gonna get bad. It's gonna get bad. Very bad. I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully the Elam ending makes them guys play a little harder. They got a couple young cats on KD's team that might be a little inspired. Plus that Kofi trophy, that Kobe trophy looked kind of good. It might be a little bit of inspiration on that side because whoever getting it, they're going to have a good, cool little side piece in the house. But um, fellas, mm-hmm. I, like I said, I know y'all got a dip, so I'm going to let y'all out of here. Anything that y'all want to say to get us out of here um, in terms of the podcast, anything y'all want to plug, floor is yours. Shoot, man! Just like if you if you haven't already, man, make sure you give us a, a like. Uh, you know, what I'm saying a, a subscribe, um, a rating on, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to it. To it. Uh, make sure you guys are tapping into that. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, All Facts Media. And if you go to our website, we have, we have a link in our bio. We got some merch, man. We got sweaters, hoodies, all, all type of merch. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead and hit the link in the bio and get yourself something nice. Valentine Day just passed, but not to it to it to, to get you a little sweetie, a little gift. We got pink. You know what I'm saying? I, I know a lot of these women out here like pink. So go ahead and go ahead and cop your girl something nice, man. Click the link in that bio. Um, a new episode of the Auto Bid is going to be dropping uh, soon, so stay tuned to that. Um, yeah, man, just keep 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 following our content, man. You can follow us at All Facts Media on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Yeah, TikTok channel. Go ahead and tap in to that as well. Um, yeah, man. Excited for for uh, for March and the college hoop season. Yo, Drew, anything yes, else? Sir. Yeah, man. Just like I mentioned, man, tap into us. We're doing. I've been doing some um, some day in life stuff on um, Instagram Reels and TikTok, just showcasing what it's like to play overseas over here in Portugal, man. So uh, if you want to stay tuned on, uh, you know, what life is like across the water, definitely follow us on TikTok and uh, follow us on Instagram, man. Going to be having some content for you guys dropping very, very soon. Um, also, got a lot of videos up there already too. So you know, if you want to go catch up, go ahead and do that, man. For sure. Appreciate you guys for hopping on, talking some HBCU, talking a little bit NBA. We're going to have y'all on for a little bit more NBA-oriented episode. We just got to get some all-star content out there for, for the people real quick. But, you know, we're going to get up with y'all real soon. Enjoy everything that y'all doing in this hooping space, whether it's in the media stuff or in terms of y'all doing stuff on the court. Ryan, solid episode as always, man. Get us up out of here. We want to thank Aaron and Andrew Robinson for coming on and talking some hoops with us and previewing the All-Star Classic between Morgan State and Howard with us as well. Transitioning to our question of the day for our fans, who do you think will win the HBCU All-Star Classic between Morgan State and Howard? This has been a great episode today on the Hoops Talk Podcast. Of course, make make sure when you subscribe to us on Apple, you rate you rate our podcast five stars and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. We will see you guys next episode. Peace.